This sermon is brought to you by Shatter State Chi Alpha. As you listen, we hope that you enjoy it and that it helps you in your walk. Please visit our website in the information below and drop us a message. We would love to hear from you. How are you all doing? You guys, are, you guys must be crazy. I grew up in 100 degree weather all my life. It's 75 in my hometown right now, and it's winter. <laughs> 75, 80, and they're all wearing sweaters there. <laughs> so in May, it's 110. So I grew up in that from April all the way to September. It's 100, 110, and now it's probably minus 110 here for me. <laughs> but I'm happy to be here. It's nice and warm. And it's always, you know, for me, it's always so exciting, and uh, it's empowering for me, myself. And it's also uh, somewhat beneficial for myself to interact with the uh, students. Because you guys are on the, I would say, in the cutting edge of whatever's going on in this world. So I learn. I come and learn. So that's why I like that question answer session it's m- much more than me giving an answer than j- just trying to pry out what's in your what's in your wallet <laughs> isn't it and uh, so we'll have some good times and uh, I want I won't take too much time but um, but I just want to kind of put this image or picture um, before because we'll come back to it okay uh Messy people, messy situations. Okay? Uh, messy, if you guys are wondering, why did I come here? I could have just stayed in the bed. But uh, too bad you're here now. <laughs> and you had a carpool, also you can't leave. <laughs> messy people, messy situations, all throughout Bible. And in some ways, even the birth of Jesus was messy. <laughs> it could call the messy miracles. <laughs> I mean, in some ways, Jesus took a peculiar path, isn't it? And so, uh, I think when we see what God is calling us, you and I, to do, we always have to have this in the sense, uh, not that we are an exception, but we are part of that messy people, we are part of that messy situation, but we're going to be ministering to people who are messy or to a situation that's messy. And uh, I just want to build that up, and uh, then I'll come back to it, okay? I remember, I don't know whether I told the story. If I told the story before, just tell me. I won't, I'll, I'll, leave, I won't, I'll skip it. But when I was, I, 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 uh, because I said I grew up in India, anyway, how many of you were there when I talked about at the retreat in Casper? Most of you were there, no? Some of you are not here. How many of you are not here? There. Oh, so I'll, I, I'll just go ahead and say I grew up in India and uh, came to the United States. I met my wife in Seattle, Washington, but she is from Wyoming, Wyoming. <laughs> and we've been married for 30 years. We have two children. Our, our daughter is 26. She's married. And our son is uh, 23. He's not. And, uh, I mean, he, he works. He's graduated and he, he works. And uh, they both are in Indianapolis, but they both went to school in Africa because that's where we were missionaries for 17 years. They went to school in Nairobi, and uh, my, my daughter graduated. So we were missionaries for 17 years in Africa. Before that, I was pastor in Wyoming for 
seven years. And uh, the last four years, uh, we are working in France. So my kids live in Indianapolis. But uh, during that time, when I came to Wyoming, it, it was a new culture to me. Believe me, I know for you guys, uh, it, might, it might not be a shocking thing, but to come and it's, I, I wake up in the morning in my hometown and there are millions of people walking in the streets. I wake up in this town in Wyoming, there was not one soul. Not one. My, the town I lived in for seven years was Hannah, Wyoming. I don't know how many of you know where it's at. It's between Laramie and Rollins, the ugliest part of <laughs> Wyoming, I think. And I lived there seven years with my wife, and we passed it. It was a wonderful experience. But during that time, I learned about fishing and hunting. I never fished in my life. I never hunted in my life, and I hate it. <laughs> I would rather go buy meat in Safeway or fish than to go sit in that God-forbidden river for eight hours and talk with your father-in-law. <laughs> I'm sorry. If you guys are, how many of you are fishermen, hunters here? God bless you. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> but, but why I said that was, I don't know, did I say the gun story that happened in Lexington several years ago? Did that two bullets in the? Did, did I tell you guys? No. Okay, I'll I'll, I'll remind you because I'll come back to that thing. Um, the thing is, well, I, I was speaking in uh, pastors, pastoral pastors or men's ministry somewhere in Lexington, Nebraska, and then one afternoon they said we're going to go shoot. That's where I'm coming to the hunting, fishing. We were going to go shoot, and they told me, they asked me to come shoot, the Leroy Wire, and they gave me a gun, and they asked me, pastor in Scotts Bluff, he said, he gave me a gun, I said, you need to shoot now, 47, it'll be flying, you shoot, flying rocks, is that what you call it, um, clay pigeon, clay pigeon, and uh, I never touched a gun in my life, and they said, at the end of all the shooting, said, I missed all 45 of them. I don't know how, it's a racket. I don't know how can you keep track. I could have shot somebody else. <laughs> it's all flying. We're only five feet, every ten feet were there. Uh, anyway, I, they said I was, I was zero, zero. And that night they started a club called the Friends of the Clay Pigeon Club, and I was the president. And then, then they gave me a gift, a gun as a gift, and two bullets. And I put the bullets in my, I had a man pouch, like a bag, you know. Uh, and I put my Bible there, and I put the two bullets in that. And the next couple days or three days later, I was going to Los Angeles to go preach. And I forgot the bullets were in it. And I took that, and I took the plane <laughs> from Castle, Wyoming, to Salt Lake, Salt Lake, to L.A. And uh, I know, <laughs> I fit the profile. <laughs> I, I, I'll be in... I'll be sent to Guantanamo Bay. That's where I'll be ministering. But <clears throat> missionary. But uh, I went to L.A., preached. In fact, that's where I raised some money for Lyle, uh, the fire Bible. We call it fire Bible. I don't know what you guys call it. It's a, it's a Bible that uh, has a Pentecostal flavor. Not flavor. What do you call that? <laughs> Something. Okay. That's not the story. It doesn't fit in the story. But, but uh, I went there. I came back. With the bullets in my bag, I didn't even touch it. After finishing, I come to Salt Lake City. My lips were very chapped, cold. I took my, open my bag pouch, open like this, and I take my thing out. The bullet comes out. 
Salt Lake City on the way back. And I took them both of them, threw it in the garbage, came back. I say all the story is I got a gun. So my son at the time was 14 years, 13 years old, maybe 12, 13 years old. We came back. I said, I want to take my son hunting. I have a gun now. <laughs> and I shouldn't have done that. But, <laughs> and uh, my son is 12. I said, I said, Dad, you know, I'm Wyoming. I'm married to a Wyoming girl. I should be something like a Wyoming man also. But do they do that in Nebraska, all these things? You guys hunt? Young people hunt? Oh, wow. And, uh, 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 and uh, we, we, we come there, and uh, we, we were walking. This was an Elk Mountain. If you guys know where Elk Mountain is, right by Hannah. Okay, it's Snowy Range Mountains, Laramie on that side, okay? West, you don't have to know, it's mountains or mountains. But so, and we, we go one side, and a couple of the members of the church said they would go with us, because I do not know how. So, so they came with us. Two, the, those two members said, you guys go, you and the, my son, go this side, and we'll go that side. And we go this side, and I lost. <laughs> How do people don't get lost in these places? I have no idea. I, I mean, I have, my streets have to be square for me to go. And this is going. I lost. I went the opposite direction. Those guys went there, and they're looking for us. We're looking for them. An hour later, two other guys with that orange, like they're coming out, coming out of prison or something. They wear that orange uh, jacket. You know, they come out, and they're looking, and they're saying, hey. They looked at me, my son. And they said, you guys are tracking. I said, uh, I understood what they were saying. I had, it took me a second, tracking. It must be a redneck language. I said, <laughs> I, I, I said uh, yeah, we're tracking. <laughs> My gun and all these things. My son is saying, looking at dad. I can, I can tell him all the stories. He'll believe me. And um, uh, we're tracking. I said, while you guys were tracking. There's something bigger tracking you guys. And I didn't, I didn't understand the intensity or the seriousness of what tracking behind us. Because I didn't have a clue. Because I was a rookie. I was green. And walking on the white snow. And I'm thinking, why did I do this to my son and me? And, and we come and, uh, and he said, there's something tracking. And as we were talking, the other two guys were coming also. And I said, what was tracking us? He understood that I was an idiot at that time. <laughs> so he asked me, are you with those guys? Yeah. But I don't know what you're tracking tonight. But someone bigger is tracking you. Because that was his mission. In Luke chapter 19. No, Luke chapter 19, verse 10. There's a story about a guy who's short like me. And his name was Zacchaeus. You guys know the story? Okay, I won't, I'm not going to tell the story. But in that context, that's what Jesus said. My mission, my mission is to come. We sang the song today, isn't it? Seek. Huh? How could I say I'm lost because I was seeking or something? It went something like that, isn't it? Found. And you, you, somewhere the word seek was there. Seek me out. The word was there, seek. I said, wow. I think the meaning of seek is in Greek, or I just call it in redneck language, it's track. The mission of God, the mission of Jesus. I came to track you. I don't know what you're tracking. I, uh, I, 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 that's what it says, Luke chapter 19, verse 10. Son of man came to seek 
track as well as those who are lost to save them. Eh? And, and it goes on. And um, I, I remember 1996. I'll tell you one last story before we get to the questions. 1996, I was a young man at the time. Younger, I should say. Um, I was, uh, yeah, my kids, were, my son was three years old. and So he's 23 years old now. So we, we, I did plant a lot of churches in Madagascar. Have you, any of you guys been to Madagascar? I lived there 17 years. Madagascar is a big country. It's an island. You've heard about Madagascar? Hmm? Most of you heard about at least through the movies. It put us on the map, actually. And, uh, but there, where I lived is in the center of the country. I have to go north. It's 1,000 miles. If I go south, it's 800 miles. So total 1,800 miles. So I was a church planter, so I went, took a team with me to go plant churches 1,000 miles out. Only 1,000 miles is from here to Springfield, probably, Missouri. But it takes you, what, 8 hours, 10 hours? There it took me three and a half days. I can only go 300 miles a day because the roads were bad and everything. So I'm going. We went there, and I had a speaker with me from Wisconsin, American speaker. It's his did I tell you guys the, the story? No? Okay. And it, the American was from Waukesha, Wisconsin. I forget his name. It's 1997. And he is one of those pastors that uh, belongs to a country club. It's golf. He loves golf. You know, uh, he had all the great uh, benefits of being in a big church in a nice city that treated him well. Everything was good. And I am taking him to a bush. He didn't know that. He came to the capital city, he came with me, I flew him, I cheated, I flew him, and I drove the truck because we needed uh, the tent, the tent that was bought by little kids from America, they call it Boys and Girls Missionary Challenge, they bought us a big tent, 2,000 people, we put there, we plant the church, and this guy is preaching, the first day I get him a hotel, there's only one hotel in the town, with three rooms, I stay with the pastor, this guy, and I can tell you, he stays in, like, uh, what kind of nice hotels in America? What do you call a nice hotel? Hilton, huh? What now? <laughs> this guy would not stay in a small hotel. I take him to a $1.50 night. If the hotel costs $1.50, and he goes there, that's the bed is very foam or something like that, and there are absolutely mouse droppings. And I put him in there, and he looks at me and says, Manuel, what is this? I said, that's nothing. I'll clean it up. I cleaned it up. <laughs> then there's a lizard in the wall. <laughs> Lizards are everywhere in the wall. I said, that's good for you. There's no mosquitoes. There are no insects. They eat them. He said, okay, I'm going to sleep here for one week. Can we cut short? I said, well. And, and we do all these things. At the end of the fifth day, he said, I'm not coming back here. What do you want? And I said, I need $50,000. <laughs> he wrote a check from that church and gave us $50,000. He'll never come back, he said, for a church planning project. So I do all these things. I, I send him in the plane. My wife and my kids are there and others who hosted him. And we were driving. And I left the town, 110 degree, 115 degree weather. We were driving in the hot, hot, sweating. All my clothes were dirty. There was a 13-year-old boy walking down the street. 50 miles out of the town, I left church planting. I got another 950 miles to go. I come on the way back, and 13-year-old boy, short storm, with a bowl on his head and a stick to chase away the dogs, walking down the street, 
with 110, 115 degrees. I said, this guy is not going to survive because for the next 300 miles, there's no town. So I told one of my pastor friends, can we stop and pick him up? I said, yeah. He's 13, 14, he looked like that. Maybe he could have been 16, but he looked, and we got him. And these pastors, Malagasy, the pastor from Madagascar, was traveling with me, talking with them. And I asked him, what are you doing? This is what, sound, this is what was so funny. What are you doing walking by yourself in this place? You've crossed your tribal line. You've gone into the next tribe. You get, people might kill you, or the sun will kill you. What are you doing? He, this is what he said in Malagasy. He said, a few years ago, few years ago, my older brother, older brother went south, and I'm tracking him. This was 1997, 96, 97, something like that. I'm tracking. I'm tracking. Three animals. You're going to die before you track him. So we were talking, and we drove all day. And my pastor was talking about Jesus. We dropped him at the next 300 miles later, dropped him at the next biggest town. And we said, if your brother is alive, he's here. If not, you're done for. And I gave him money for a month's worth of food and all my dirty clothes. I said, you can keep it. I don't need it, but you better wash it. <laughs> but people, and he was so happy. He got it out. I left. This is 1997. 2007. I was driving in my car with the same pastor in the capital city where I live. And I, whenever I, once a week, I, in, in Madagascar is a French colony, a former French colony, which means they have the best pastries in Africa. And uh, I have to, I, I'm thinking of other stories. I won't go into that. But um, I take this pastor. We go there. Once a week, we go get a pa- pastry and coffee. We get the best pastry. We eat and we enjoy. We talk with the pastor. I get back on my car, in my car. Same speed the light car. Speed the light car is what the youth bought me in Africa. And two tall guys, taller than me, nicely dressed guy, knocking on my win- window. And I don't like people knocking on my window. I don't know why. I developed something kind of creepy in myself with my short minded. And I said, no. I, I kind of turned around and angrily said, no. And the pastor kind of held me and said, missionary, you're a missionary. <laughs> Be nice to people. I said, yeah, but he's knocking on the window. How can you be nice? But <laughs> you know, you, uh, but uh, the, guy, the pastor said, roll the windows, let's talk to him. I said, no, let him come to your side and talk to you. <laughs> because, I, you know, you, you do not know what's going on. So Because it's a little, little sensitive city, you know, you, you never know. They pull you out or the things have happened. I said, okay, I'll do it. So I rolled the windows. That guy with a big smile, both of them with a big smile, talking to me in Malagasy in their language, the pastor next to me. And I said, what are they saying? Quick. And he said, 1997, we picked up a guy. That's the guy there, right there. And that's his brother. And this is what he said. This pastor that's sitting next to me talked to me about Jesus and about the Assembly of God Church. And we went to the town you dropped. That's where I found my brother. And we both went to your church and got saved. We're going to the Bible school. To become pastors. 2010 years later. I want to tell you. They know how to track. You and I. Are called to track. Messy people. Messy situations. Maybe. It might be inconvenient. For us. They might be knocking on the window. Oh, shut up. 
messy people, messy situation. But you and I, the heavenly father who sent a son who think, go track these messy people. Go track. You know, he uses these words. I want to make you fishers of men. I hate fishing. Don't use that. I'll go buy fish in Safeway. <laughs> Can't buy souls in Safeway. And, and, and this is, I think, all throughout the Bible, I see the mission of God and what Christ came to do. And when he calls you and I, you have to somehow, this is what I'm coming to the conclusion about these things. Is somehow you need to develop in yourself how you're going to handle your messiness as you track their messy people in messy situations. What? I mean, I think God is calling you and I in some way. In some way. He might have called all of us. I know most of you went to uh, <clears throat> this uh, World uh, Summit, isn't it? World Mission Summit. How many of you went to World Mission Summit here? It was incredible, isn't it? But the one thing you didn't probably understand or understood and want to forget, that that's a call to messy people. <laughs> and he knows excellently well, you guys are great trackers because you are messy as well. You know, and, and, and I, I want to challenge tonight. And, and that's what Zacchaeus, that story, son of man came. That's what Jesus said. I came to track you, Zacchaeus, you messy Zacchaeus, because everybody else is telling you are messy that I came to track you. I, 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 I was, <clears throat> I'm in France now the last four years. There's a lot of messy people, <laughs> just like everywhere else, but their mess is a little hard. Sometimes I feel like the African messy people are sometimes easier for me because I'm a little more culturally closer to them than culturally closer to the mess in France. In France, they say, well, I go talk to them. I say, hey, what do you think about God? I said, they look at me and said, they look at me and said, who cares? Who cares? I said, do you believe God exists? He may, he may not. Why should I care? That mess is a different mess. But, that, but then there's a personal mess. There's so many things. So the point I'm trying to make is simply this. How are you and I developing ourselves out of that messiness to address others' messiness? Because God wants to make, through you and I, some messy miracles. <laughs> are you ready for the messy miracles? And he needs you. And in some ways, yeah, that's not theologically correct. God doesn't need anybody. But he has chosen to need you. Is that a good English? Whatever it is, yeah. He has chosen himself sovereignly saying, I have no plan B. This is it. I'm going to choose this messy guy, this messy guy. I'm sorry, pointing you guys. I am the biggest mess of all. Uh, I tell you what, if he can choose me, I, I remember so very well, 1995, take my two-year-old son and four-year-old daughter and my wife from Wyoming. We land in Madagascar. I mean, I was shocked. I grew up in India. I thought I won't be shocked. I grew up. I know what poverty is. I know what all those messinesses, all the stinkers. I've, I mean, 
I've, I've smelled stinkiness in my life that you will never even imagine. And so I, that was not the shock. I said, this, God, what am I doing with my two kids born in Laramie, Wyoming? When you become a father and when you, become, when you, become, you bring your wife from Wyoming, you want to kind of say, hey, we're going to go do the ministry. Awesome call of God to a messy place. And I thought, and, and I felt, I didn't have a house, I didn't have a car, I didn't have anything. Two and a half months, I take my two kids and my wife, we walk around every street to find a house, to rent a house. <laughs> and somebody will say, hey, I found out, they'll take me there, and then they'll, so this is the house, and the wrong owner will be there asking for money. I mean, you need to know the language. You need, so for two and a half months, I, I went to the wrong house. I rented a house. One month later, it wasn't good, so I had to get out of there. So okay, there's all these messy things happens. How am I developed? Am I responding in my own messiness to those messiness? Or how am I preparing myself in that intercultural? And you don't have to leave the country anymore, guys. The messiness is here. I'm sorry. You might think, oh, this is Shadron, Nebraska. This is America. There is no exceptionalism on the messiness. There might be exceptionalism in the best beef you might eat in the world. Uh, but there is no exceptionalism for anybody or any country to any county in this world for messiness. You and I have to deal with it. You and I have to deal with our own. And Jesus said, I come to, I'm tracking you. That's the awesome thing. I'm tracking you. And he says to Zacchaeus, I want to eat with you. He's calling for one of the best relationships anybody could offer you and I. And that, you know, when I say relationship, we're immediately thinking it's a salvation. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking a relationship that involves communicating. It's got a cosmic implication. Isn't it? So, it's 8.30. Can I go another few minutes? Two minutes? Then you guys are thinking some questions. Because I, I want to deal with this. It, the messiness is complicated in an intercultural situation. In a different, you know, as Americans sometimes, like we are all Americans, okay? I think. Any foreign students? I don't want to be disrespectful. No foreign students today. Okay. <laughs> but, but we sometimes have certain presumptions, assumptions. Isn't it? Uh, in the call of God, I'm going to go clean up somebody else's mess. What are we doing to clean up our own and somebody else's mess right here? Uh, it's a, you know, I, like I said, 30 years married. If you ask my wife, she'll say, yeah, he's still a mess. He's still a mess. He's still a mess. But I, you know what? She offered me a relationship. And I said, this mess is, go, is going one at a time because of the relationship. Sometimes we try to clean up the mess without the relationship that he offers. Isn't it? He says, I'll clean, I'll clean. Zacchaeus, I want to eat with you first, man. I want to eat with you. Eating is the biggest thing for us people. Maybe not in the U.S. In USA, when I say us people in missions world, in Africa or in India, you sit and eat. You don't go drive through. 
Sorry. <laughs> I learned that a hard way when I went to France. They are very rude. There I go, my racism. But <laughs> uh, I'm not going to preach this sermon anyway. I'll leave it there. That's a, that was my sermon. I just gave an introduction. But <laughs> no, I won't preach. Don't worry about it. But uh, somebody, I mean, they'll come and say anything, anything I do, like in France. They'll say, you Americans, he has to grow in that. You're, trying, you're understanding what I'm saying. I'm just giving you simple situations. There's a lot of baggage we carry, and God wants to say, I want to clean it up, but I want a relationship. Don't feel guilty about it. Just come to me. I want to eat with you. The author is incredible, guys. I don't know how, how I can convince you and make you make that offer of Jesus touch your heart. Somehow tonight, open your heart for that. Incredible offer of messy miracle in your life and a messy miracle in others' life. Just one more story. <laughs> if you're tired, say, Sir, stop. <laughs> you can't do that in your university, but you can do it here because <laughs> you don't pay any money. Unless we take an offering. I don't know. <laughs> then you can say, hey, don't say stop then. <laughs> if you pay, you don't say stop. <laughs> Is that how it works? I don't know. But it's a messy world. But we were going to eat in a house, in a French couple's house. And they speak in French. They don't speak well in English. And my, I warned all these pastors and leaders. I mean, we're, we're Americans. We... Sometimes, can I use this word? Not about you guys. Sometimes we are a little arrogant, okay? Would you guys agree with me? Okay? And it doesn't work everywhere. That's a mess, by the way. Anything, so that's what we have to work on. What I'm saying is we have to work on, if God is calling us to track. Even in hunting, I went hunting. I talked to my friend. I said, hey, where is the, shh, he's telling me, shut up. I said, (laughs) I'm a mess to him. The point I'm trying to make is, how are you developing, maturing the call and the vision that God is giving you? It takes effort. It takes work. But he says, come eat with me. Any questions? Any questions? Like I said, uh, um, I don't know. Tanner, do you want me to? If you have any questions on what God is doing in your life, what about intercultural thing, France, Madagascar, or in your own life, you're you're thinking what... You're sensing and how there's a gap, there needs to be a connection. But this is what I, I would like to say. God wants whatever he's doing in you and whatever call he's giving you, he wants that call to mature first before you can respond in a concrete way. Why? Because he wants to deal with you and take things as much as he can to work with you to develop and erase certain things. He wants a clean slate eventually, but you're going to have some writing still there, some chalk. But he's a God that he can do it. That's why. So I'm, I'm going to stop right there, but I'm going to have, if you have any questions, if you have thought about any questions, and you've been to World Mission Summit and you probably heard certain things, uh, maybe they said the same thing that I said, or they didn't say the same thing. I don't know. <laughs> they probably said that I'm wrong. <laughs> and then you, all you have to tell them is he's messy. 
<laughs> He's a mess. I am. Uh, I have a unique ability to be wrong a lot of times. But I tell God every morning, in French especially, because <laughs> they might call me dog. No, <laughs> I said, God, I only want to make 100 mistakes this today. I need a handicap of 100. You know what a handicap in golf is? I need 100 handicap in golf also. Because <laughs> my ball goes here and there, and I think everybody will be frustrated, and they call me a mess. God is tracking a mess to touch another mess. That's called fishers of men and women. Yes, sir. (laughs) You're going to the practical side of it. Um, Actually, uh, it is, I think I said something about it in the retreat side. Um, I don't talk about God first. We build relationships. We want to be friends. We go for coffee. We eventually find a way for them to come to our house and see how an American, we have hospitality, and we go there. And that eventually develops into, um, I think, I think uh, God opens the door, number one. Number two, the Holy Spirit uh, prompts us, as well as when, he prompt, when the Holy Spirit prompts us, he also opens their heart. This is what I think. Um, God, our passion is always accompanied by God's provision. Our passion that God gives is always accompanied by God's provision. And that provision is not always material. It could be opening certain hearts. That's a provision. God provided. Wow! You know, that's what Isaac, Abraham said. Oh, I'm going to kill my son. God provided. And God can open somebody's heart, and that's God's provision. So we can, that's why I'm saying, as a messy person, I think I did something to that person and they got saved. But I'm a tool in God's hand. I'm a mess and God said in the process of being unmessy to unmess them. That's a, that's a, uh, I don't know. I, I may be, I'm, I may not be covering all the angles, but that's how I feel. You know, that's, a, that's how I felt as a missionary. Yes, we have to be very sensitive. Don't eat their food before they touch their food. <laughs> you know, things like that. We don't want to exponentially increase the messiness. We have to contain the mess. So there's a lot of things that you can do. So one of the things we do, uh, we do relationship building, but we also have um, youth going to the youth and inviting them. One of the things we did was, I don't know whether I shared this or not. I don't know what I shared. So if I repeat something, just stop me. We go a lot of, in France, we go a lot of, um, what do you call that, uh, hiking. Okay, it's not mountain hiking. Praise God, I hate hiking. Okay, I like city. I like food. I like people. But they love hiking. So you buy a map in France. When you go to France, there's 15,000 miles of tracks all over France. In fact, there's a St. James uh, walk they do once a year, 900 miles, and they're all in trails. <clears throat> and <clears throat> so when you do it by your house, you want to do a 10-mile hike for the next four years, and you invite people, they come. You invite four Christians and four non-Christians, we talk, and we visit, and they go. And that's an opportunity, eventually, that lends its way into talking about life and God. So there are various ways. And we do concerts. We do all those things, okay? People, we do, we do normal things like we do, I mean, traditional things. But we also have to understand reaching them is through relationships and opening a heart without an agenda, 
without strings attached. <coughs> yeah. It's just being open and saying, hey, I love you, man. I'm tracking you. <laughs> I'm seeking you. Yeah. Anybody else? <coughs> the, if you guys don't ask, I'm going to keep talking until you sleep. No. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Uh, in First uh, Corinthians nine, I'm thinking, or Second Corinthians nine twenty-two, uh, it says, uh, uh, Paul says that I've become all things to, yeah. Okay, I, 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 I just, I'm not. I have to. I have my Bible. I didn't bring my iPhone or something. But yes, yes, because it is so important. It is so important because what that does is, what that does is basically, it's not that we are trying to win them. It reduces our messiness as well. We are, we are people who claim to have rights and preferences. It's my right. It's my preference. And how do you shave that off? Oh, try becoming like a French then. <laughs> yeah? Just one day. So it, it, I, think that, I, I don't think that's a sacrifice for us, by the way. It's a blessing. Because... I shed some of my messiness when I become all things to all men. Any, any contrary views, you're welcome to do. No, I don't agree with you. You're a communist. No, you can. Tracking, yeah. In relationship, one of, one of the things, there are some natural principles you do. I mean, somebody pushes away, don't, no, no, I'm going to have you, I'm going to track you, no. Uh, we don't, we don't, that's true, we don't push anybody. The prompting of the Holy Spirit provides, the passion provided by God's, it's come along, it's built with, it's accompanied by God's provision, is what I say. And there are people that are open, there are people that will shut down, and uh, then leave it alone. Don't push. Never, never impose relationship on anybody. Because it's a two-way. It's not, because we have to respect their. And sometimes, we, they might, they might, it might be harder to build relationships. So don't quit. But on the other hand, just let's not impose. Yeah, there is a limit to it. Absolutely, you're right. On tracking. And, and Jesus entirely quit tracking the religious people. Not entirely, but mostly. A lot of them came to Christ. You know. I, I remember a French preacher. Maybe I said this. There are a lot of gypsies in France. You know, gypsies come from Romania. Any Romanian ancestors here? From Romania? No? Good. I can tell the story. <laughs> I have to check that out. No foreigners, no Romanians. Only I'm the only one from foreigner. But... The Romanians, they come in a caravan. If you go to France, you will see every 300 miles there's a caravan camping, and those are gypsy people. They don't go to school. They're always camped near a river. They're not as educated, but some of them are Christians. Though they will have their own tent meeting. In that, And the French don't care. They do that. From, and one of the preachers, I was there, one of the preachers was preaching like this. He said, <clears throat> 
he was preaching. He's never gone to Bible school or education or anything. It's funny. I probably told you guys there. He said, and Nicodemus was a short man. <laughs> and he wanted to see Jesus. <laughs> and he's going to the, I mean, those guys can preach. They have the emotion. They have the voice. I, mean, I can do it like them, but even though they do it wrong. But, <laughs> but the form is some, the form of presenting it also matters, I guess. But I don't have that form, you know. Uh, I'm more into content. But he's pretty, Nicodemus was short. He, he forgot and mixed the word, basically. And Jesus was walking, and he came to the tree, under the tree, that sycamore tree. He looked up, and then he realized it's Zacchaeus. <laughs> it's not Nicodemus. The preacher didn't stop. He said, and he looked up, and he said, Nicodemus, what are you doing in Zacchaeus' tree? Come down. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is it is funny it's things like that one time mm. <laughs> so he, I try to build a relationship with these guys it's hard <laughs> <Oof>. <laughs> it is not easy so I immediately ascribe that they're messy why is there a gap between their messy and me because of my messiness also do you understand what uh, I'm trying to focus somewhere like me and them? We're us. Okay. Might not be the same mess. <laughs> I, I, w- once in a while, we take the bicycle, and I was going down. We said, we'll do a 100-mile bicycle ride. In, in France, it's fun to do it. On a Saturday morning, you, on a Friday, you go. I did that in South Dakota, actually, from Lead Deadwood all the way to Edge, Edgemont, Edgemont. It's 150 miles. We did it in three days. I'm old, so you guys could do it in one day. So we do it in two or three days, okay? And my wife loves it. We love it. And we have friends who can drive, and they come. We exchange. And we have to stay a night, and we come down. There's no hotels. There's a place. So there's a camp tent place. So you have your tent. The lunch supper is uh, five bucks. And the tent place is five bucks. You pay ten bucks, you're in. And I go in, and I said, uh, I want to, tonight we want to stay here. And he said, no, you have to be a member of this club. I said, what is this club? He said, this is Stalin's club. <laughs> From before, you guys know who Joseph Stalin is? From Russian dictator. It still exists there, <laughs> near Nantes. If you are going from, to Nantes, you will find out. The Stalin's club. I said, yeah, okay, how much is to become a... He said, five dollars. <laughs> five euros, actually. So I am a member of Stalin's club. <laughs> Life member. <laughs> <laughs> Which doesn't mean I'm becoming everything to every man, you know. <laughs> I share their messiness. So there are, there are things happen. I mean, <laughs> I've had people call me dog. Why can't I be just stolen for a while? <laughs> That's funny that a French lady told the husband. I could never forget. I never tell the story, by the way. I have never told anybody this story. I mean, my wife and I knew that, but not the churches. I said, so keep, <laughs> don't track. Don't track that story. <laughs> Here we go. Give it up for Manny. Um, one of the challenges that, you know, uh, want you guys to kind of think about right now is we're going to take up an offering. Um, Manny is a missionary and he is sacrificing time and energy to come down and share with you guys. 
And so, um, just like at World Mission Summit, you know, we have an opportunity to hold the rope for him going to France. And so, we're going to pass around this. Um, I want you guys to prayfully consider supporting him. And uh, even if you can't do something tonight, you know, there is more opportunities to support him in the future, too, as far as um, you can always send money in. And so, we're going to go ahead and pass this around. I, my wife always says this. We just made a. We are. We are technically challenged, technologically challenged. I'm challenged. I'm. I'm a mess. Remember that. So don't don't criticize me. But <laughs> um, but we created a website for friends, and we're trying to put together some of the things that we will be doing. So if you guys go in, you can subscribe to pray for us. Say that you're praying. There's an email. It's something new we're trying to do. So you guys could go in. It's called Prabhu Das. Dot org. Yeah, that's all. And, uh, and if you have any comments about, hey, you can do this creative, you can do this, give us and um, email us. I, I have some prayer cards. I don't know. But if you go in there, there is email, prabhudas.org. But, oh, it's right here. I have a few cards. If That's my wife. Did, did I give you the last time I gave you guys cards, no? I have some in the car also. I can get you some. But if you want to pray for us, this is there. If you want to go into our website, uh, just tell us. There are some interesting things. I have French videos that I'll be putting in the church planting, how we are collaborating. Ministry news are all there. So if you want to know about ministry, if you want to pray for us, that's a place to go and check it out. Having a website and nobody goes in, it's no use. <laughs> yeah, we'll put the link for that up on Kaiafa. <laughs> Honestly, that's nothing, nothing more to say um, tonight. Uh, we're not formally going to go to McDonald's or anything. I'm not going to tell you what to do, but I would encourage you to go back to your dorms and hang out uh, and continue talking. Um, but one thing that I would like to do before we leave uh, in Chi Alpha fashion, I'd like to have Manny up here and we'll pray for him. Um, and then that will be our closing prayer. So when we're done praying for Manny, you guys are dismissed, and you can go or you can hang out and visit for a little bit before you go. Um, tomorrow night, Manny will also be speaking here, so if you don't have anything else to do, you can come back at 6.30. Um, it'll be here at C3 again. And uh, anything else? That's about it. Come on up, Manny. Everybody come and gather around, lay hands on him. <laughs>